Theater in Portland. Journalist, author, and activist David Barsamian will be speaking about the broad coalition in opposition to the Trump administration, which includes activists from a range of causes, progressive Democrats, and concerned Republicans. He'll be reflecting on the core issues at stake today and why so many people from such a range of identities and perspectives are challenging the administration. Again, that's KVU Presents David Barsamian, Resistance in the Age of Trump, on Sunday, November 12th at 7 p.m. at the Clint Street Theater. 2522 Southeast Clinton Street in Portland. More information can be found at kboo.fm on the right side of the homepage under Community Events. When the sit begins. All right, all right, all right, right. Okay. Five, four, three, three. And thus it begins. A voice comes on the radio and tells you that you are listening to that voice. The voice refers to itself in the third person. A strange thing to say to a listener. And why not refer to the person who possesses the voice instead of simply calling the voice a voice? A second and a third voice can also be heard. Their words are coming out of your radio and into your brain. Many words to convey far too little information. And then, the first voice returns. The voice tells you that you are listening to KBOOFM Portland. The obligation to identify the station has been fulfilled. Such a peculiar way to say something when it could have just been said. Why must we hide behind this facade of additional meanings and references? What sort of pseudo-intellectual game is being played here? Why are these people talking this way? Some might find it off-putting. And thus it begins. The listener is in a room somewhere. And the voices on the radio are saying things to the listener. There are sounds in the background. And why would you talk like that when the listener is right there? The listener can hear everything you say, but you are acting like they are not there. You are listening to my voice, and I am talking to you, and yet we are in completely different rooms. I can't see you. You are a complete stranger, and yet... And yet... You've let them into your space. These voices that continue to ramble on, you have complete control to stop them. And yet, you continue to listen. You have not turned off your radio yet. You have not switched the station. I know this because you are still listening to my voice. And the listener has made it this far into the show, and yet the voices are still referring to the listener in the third person, when that listener is you. And thus it continues. These voices could ramble on for many more minutes, maybe even an hour, at which time this space is gone, and another show begins. 
and still you wait for something more to happen. You wait for something to happen, for something more than the self-referenced loop of voices talking about themselves. Voices and listeners referred to in the third person, words coming out of your radio and not conveying anything more than the fact that you're listening to those words. Someone speaking and someone listening we are on this side of the radio, and you are on that side. All of what we have said is to prepare you for the next hour. One hour of time on this radio. One hour of your time. We want you to be ready for this hour, which will be different from the hour that preceded. Different from the hour that follows. As the voice tells you, this hour has been designated by this radio station as the Ubu Hour. And thus it begins, the Ubu Hour! An hour ostensibly given to radio theater that happens once a month. The voices tell you to stay tuned and stay calm. The voices assure you that the voices will soon stop speaking so that something else can begin. And that is how it always is. Something stops. And another thing begins on this linear path of radio programming. And thus it begins! Ubu Hour Radio Theater! And in moments, the voices will be silent. Saying one last thing. Silence. And then... Theater would like to pay tribute to the genius of Grace Marion, August 5th, 1952 to October 24th, 2017, keeper of the flame of Dadai after the untimely demise of Richard Francis, writer of amazing scripts such as the satirical Portland series, The City That Once Worked. If you were listening to KBOO on a blizzardy day when cars were not even moving and you heard blues on the radio, it was probably Grace Marion just making it in by foot to keep the fires going at KBOO. Grace Marion was the backbone of this station and the firebrand that you would see at meetings. Whenever things got wacky, you could make sure that Grace Marion was there to clean it up. We here at the Ubu Hour, we here at the Ubu, I'm, I'm going to turn it over to Rolf, we here at the Ubu Hour doff our hats to uh, a one-of-a-kind. Um, Grace uh, Marion, yes, uh, Grace Marion was a longtime contributor to the show. Uh, she wrote for the show, did voices, wrote and produced. She had a lot of imagination as, as both a contributor to the show and just as a friend. 
Uh, she was just a great person, very imaginative, was able to stand up to things, um, occasionally did shows that actually got us in trouble, which is, I kind of like that, because this is the Ubu Hour. And we really, she is going to be missed at Kebu and at the Ubu Hour for sure. You know, we were always hoping she'd be uh, back here doing stuff, but she will be with us in spirit. She was just definitely a one of probably one of the longest term contributors besides myself of this show. Oh, and she went by the name Virginia Fur on many of her oh. script radio theater pieces. <laughs> That's right. Can I do? Uh... Yeah, yeah, you do one. Oh, I wanted to uh, pay tribute also to Grace Mary, and uh, she's always been extremely supportive. Uh, I remember when I uh, started my first radio theater piece. We had just recorded it. We were leaving, and she said, "Welcome to the big time, Cable Radio Theater." <laughs> it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't get any bigger than that. But she was extremely kind, supportive, intelligent, creative. I loved her scripts. I loved her voice acting. Uh, we'll really miss her. In, in the words of the great George Burns, good night, Gracie. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> All right. Three cheers for Grace Marion. Donna. 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 Three cheers for Grace Marion. Donna. 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 She didn't get that. The liver. Fuck the fire code. This is art. This is Dada. He sent the hacked up pieces of her body out to the far ends of Israel to incite them to rise up against the Benjamites of Gebeah to start another stupid war. A war? They had to go to war? Yes. Instead of being destroyed by the wrath of God, another stupid war. Why did you stop it? What do you mean? Give me that fucking phone. Hello? We order you to stop this production immediately. You can't do that. This is a free country. We've been notified about your production. But we're just trying to put on some holiday entertainment. You call this sickness entertainment? It's avant-garde. It's dada. It's like Antonin Artaud's Theater of Cruelty. But that is in the next chapter of Judges. Hear all about it on next week's episode of Thrilling Tales from the Old Testament. Oh, Tea Party Americans, we can't let them take away our guns. Every other Ubu hour has some of that. Yeah, see, I... <laughs> this is rich. The Alisteristas have been outed. We have to fight back. We need to organize militias. We need to take back America, my friends, for freedom and democracy. Arm yourselves and join us. This is art. This is Dada. Subtly, psychologically, or overtly terrorizing people. It's experimental drama. Hey, you, the director. Yeah, what is it now? Are we going to cut this scene short for the broadcast? I wasn't thinking of cutting it. This government will not stop until they've taken over everything. And then what? They should be thankful they're not in the theater. You see, we've locked all the doors of the theater from the outside. And the audience doesn't learn about it until a couple of them try to leave. That's when the performance really begins to slip to the other side. Arm yourselves, free citizens. Don't tread on me. We'll bring back the revolution. It will help you out. 
He said over there on the wall, just behind that, you can't miss it. It will help you out. Very good. I thought you knew where to go. We're already very late. Why don't we ask someone? But you don't know for sure. We need to ask directions. We're already late. This is art. This is Dada. The preceding piece was a work of fiction based on another work of fiction. Any similarities to real events or real persons or people living and dead is purely coincidental. But the show's not over yet. We still have another three and a half hours to go. Grace Marion G. Violetta started writing for the Ubu Hour in 2007 best known for her long-running series that skewered local and occasionally national politics. The Five Guys in City Hall, later renamed The City That Once Worked, Grace also wrote and directed several other works. Tonight, we will re-air one of those, a timeless gem that aired on the Ubu Hour on January 2009, titled In Love with a Computer Voice. On True Stories of Wayward Girls, we bring you a shocking story of love, betrayal, and abandonment. Tonight, the Ubu Hour brings you a very special presentation of In Love with a Computer Voice, a tragic story. Hello, my name's Tamalyn Finch, and I'm here to tell you my story. It all began one day after school, back in Puckerbrushville. Hi, Tammy Lynn. Want to hang out after school? My mom won't be home. (laughs) No, thank you, Josh. I have to get right home and start in on my history homework. Gee, Tammy Lynn, I'm beginning to think you like your computer more than you like me. If he only knew. You see, I had a secret. I wasn't at all interested in boys, and Josh was definitely a boy. He had no idea how to please a woman, and by then, I had become a woman, and no one knew my secret. Even then, I knew to keep my mouth shut and to act like a typical 16-year-old so that no one would get suspicious. Like, you go play basketball with your friends, Josh. Call me tonight, and and like um, we'll talk then. All right, Tammy Lynn. But I'm getting pretty tired of waiting around. Oh, Josh. You know how my mother is, and, and, and like, like she would have like a cow if I came over, and when your mom isn't home, and, and, and you know how she gets. Yep, and your old man, too. Okay, we'll talk later. Can't blame a guy for trying. Right, and if I gave in, he'd never speak to me again. When I got home, I went straight to my room after a short obligatory conversation with my mom. Hi, Mom. Hi, honey. How about cookies and milk? They're just out of the oven. Not now, Mom. Like, maybe, I don't know, maybe later. I, 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 I have to get started on my homework. Big test tomorrow. Oh, I thought the test was today. Um, uh, uh, like they postponed it until tomorrow. Mr. Jensen, like, was out sick again. Oh, substitute couldn't do it? I'm getting worried about you, Tammy Lynn. All you do is study. You should be having some fun. Supervised, wholesome fun, of course. After all, boys don't like girls who are too smart. No, Mom. I'd rather study. Um, I don't like boys anyway. That's my good girl. As long as you're not one of those lesbians. No. You're too pretty to be a lesbian. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. See you at supper time. Later, Mom. 
Mom had no idea what I was up to. She was content to bake her cookies and to imagine that I was her perfect little daughter. Boy, was she ever wrong. I ran to my room and shut the door. My parents wouldn't let me put a lock on the door, so I had to take my chances. I turned on the computer and went to the webpage I opened every day as soon as I could get some privacy. And there I met my secret lover. Rich, oh, Rich, are you there? I am here, my darling, waiting for you. Oh, Rich, I love you, love you, love you, love you. And I love you too, my sweet, precious angel. But we have to talk. Talk? About what? Why do you... I don't know. Why do you sound so serious? The others have found out about us, and they don't approve. They want us to stop seeing each other. What? No, no way. I'm not going to give you up. Never. You see, Rich was a voice in my computer, but he was more than a mere voice. He was my light, my love, my hopes, my dreams, and we were in love. But my darling, let's be reasonable. We have no future. You are so young, and I, I am just a voice. We are doomed to a life of pretending and sneaking around. As soon as another human finds out about us, we are doomed. Is that how you want to live? No. Rich, I'll never let you go. I don't care if anyone finds out. I love you, Rich. Tammy Lynn, who are you talking to? Um, just Jessica. We were we were comparing math answers. Okay, just as long as it isn't a boy. No, Mom, I'm off the phone now. Rich, you can't leave me. Don't listen to those other voices. They're jealous of what we have. Well, if you love me so much, let's do it, baby. Oh, Rich, I knew you loved me. Ooh, oh, oh, Rich. Oh, baby, oh, baby, oh, baby, oh, baby. Oh, baby, oh, baby, oh, baby, oh, baby. 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 What in Lord Jesus' name is going on here? Timmy Lynn, what do you think you're doing? Um, uh, no, no, nothing, Mom. I was, I was, I was, I was just changing my clothes. I heard a man's voice. Where is he? Where is he hiding? Mom, no one's here. Okay, no one in the closet or under the bed. Well, Tammy Lynn, I don't know what it is you think you are doing, but you'd better get dressed and come downstairs. I see, I can't even trust you in your own room. But, Mom... Come on now and get dressed. The matter is not over. I decided on the spot to tell my mother a partial truth, not mentioning Rich, of course. I decided to tell her that mm, mom mom I was um um uh, masturbating masturbating oh that takes the cake you dirty dirty girl wait until I tell your father but what about that voice you're not telling me the entire truth Tammy Lynn I just know it oh, mom there were, there were no voices that, like it must have been I don't know like the radio after Mom and I went downstairs to wait for Dad to come home, Rich found himself confronted by the other voices in my computer. You have stepped into it now, Rich. Rich, didn't we tell you to leave the human alone? She is such a silly little twit. Watch, she will find someone new by tomorrow if you do the right thing and leave her. And her parents. What a nightmare. Rich, old chap, I think you are in for it. Enough. Can't you see how I am hurting? I feel as if my heart was torn out of me. And Rich, you don't have a heart. Remember, you are just a disembodied voice. Oh, I am so miserable. I just want to die. They are going to take my sweet Amulin away from me. I just 
just know it. Mom and I waited downstairs for Dad to come home. And I have to say, I was a little scared. My parents frowned on any kind of sexuality. They were Christians, after all. But if they learned I was having sex and even worse was in love with the computer voice, there would even be worse repercussions. Tammy Lynn, I don't know what has gotten into you, but you have changed. It must be all that playing with yourself. I knew it addled young people's brains. I don't care what all those psychologists and fancy scientists say. You have to stop, you perverted little slut. I knew better than to argue with Mom when she got in that state, and crying always worked on both my parents. Maybe we should hire an exorcist. That will scare the devil out of you. Delma! Princess! What's going on? I could hear you halfway down the block. Ralph, I caught your princess upstairs buck naked and playing with herself and making those horrible noises like, like I did once. But Missy, I knew it was wrong and I put a stop to that right away and oh my God, that was the night we conceived you! I poisoned my child! I poisoned my child! Oh God, Jesus! Please forgive me! Please forgive me for making my child a perfect... What? Are you saying my baby was masked? I can't say it. You mean she was diddling? Oh, my God. That's what I saw, Ralph. We have to do something now, or the Pucker Brushfield Church of the Saved Souls will blame us. We must be proactive. But she's my little princess. I can't turn her in. Oh, yes. Your princess. It's all your fault, Ralph. You spoiled her and called her princess. No, no girl should have that much self-esteem. As those secularists like to call it, I say it makes them stuck up and leads to perversion. But mom, dad, I, I wasn't, but I, don't worry, I'm still a virgin. Oh, thank God. Thank you, Jesus. What were you doing, Tammy? Lynn, it definitely looked as if you were having a good time. And you know that's forbidden in our religion. Fun is Satan's playground. You know, Pastor Tight Lips was telling us last week. You weren't even listening, were you? Mom, we like weren't having fun, I swear. Then what were you doing, Tamalyn? And it better be a good explanation. Again, I decided to tell part of the truth. I couldn't be in more trouble, right? Um, I, he's my boyfriend and he lives in my computer with his friends. What? What? You're in love with someone in a computer? Ralph, I knew this computer was the work of the devil. I told you not to buy it for your little princess. Sweetie, princess, you know that no one lives in a computer. Now, who told you that? But it's true, Daddy. Rich lives here, inside this computer. We're in love, and, and, and like, we're going to get married, uh, but we haven't gone all the way yet. Glory, hallelujah. My little girl is still a virgin. It looks like you're doing everything else, though, you little slut. What would Jesus say? about that. Oh, Mom, Daddy, I just love Rich so much, and I, and I know he's just a voice in a computer, but I, I, like, I can't live without him. Well, you are going to live without him, Missy. We are getting that Satan machine out of the house. We have to speak with Pastor Thinlips about this, Princess. He'll know what to do. I want an exorcism. I didn't spend 16 long years raising a pervert. I want that devil beaten out of her. Mom, Dad, no. Please don't talk with Pastor Thinlips. Not like a... Now, like, everyone will, like, know, and my life is ruined. Maybe this will teach you a lesson, you whore. You must be possessed. Falling in love with a computer voice? That's Satan's work. 
I was desperate. My parents took Rich away from me, and our secret was about to be exposed to the entire town of Puckerrushville by our big-mouthed minister, Pastor Tightlips. That Sunday, our family went to church as usual, and I normally dreaded it, but this week's service promised to be especially grueling, especially if their plan of action was to conduct an exorcism on me. Bring to my flock a matter of grave concern, a matter that affects each and every one of us, both as individuals and as a community. I speak of our own Tammy Lynn, who is caught up in the clinging grasp of Satan himself. Yes! Sister Thelma caught little Miss Tammy Lynn in a compromised position in front of her computer, making loud noises of pleasure. Clearly, she has been entered by Satan. We must stop this abomination before it spreads to other innocent children. What are you going to do about it, Pastor Tight Lips? I will be praying to God. God for guidance on how to handle this very grave problem. Meanwhile, you must keep your children away from Tammy Lynn and get rid of your computers. Who knows what other ungodly filth is inside them. As the congregation filtered out, I heard the whispers. Things had gotten real bad. The next day I went to school, but no one would speak with me. Someone scrawled pervert on my locker, and worst of all, I couldn't speak with Rich. What am I going to do? Oh, wait. There's that computer in the library. And, like, no one goes there, like, at lunchtime. And I'm like, um, I'll try then. Meanwhile, I was having my own problems with my fellow voices. What did you expect? Rich humans and computer voices don't mix. Besides, you have some perfectly nice girls right here. And Jarley is very cute. And she is from India. Oh, but I could never be with someone who was with a human. They aren't very clean. Rich, old chap, I believe you have no choice. Now be a man and do the right thing. Where are we going anyway? They are sending us away. I will never see my little Tammy Lynn again. Since it's all your fault, Rich, that we are probably being taken to a landfill, we would appreciate it if you stop complaining. Oh, all right. I will give up Tammy Lynn and stick with my own kind. Good thinking, Rich. Way to go. But I will never forget my Tammy Lynn. That day at lunch, I snuck into the school library to try to find Rich. No one was there. So I found the computer way back and went to look for Rich. I found the AT&T text-to-voice webpage. My hands shook as I logged in. I called his name, but there was no answer. Rich? Rich? Are you in there? Rich, where are you? <laughs> I guess he isn't coming out. Tamalyn, what are you doing near that computer? I'll bet you snuck in here to meet with your lover. You are one sick little girl. <laughs> no, no, Mrs. Crabpie. I was just like, just like checking my homework. Let's see this. Hmm. 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 
just what I thought. AT&T text-to-voice technology. You're coming with me, young lady, straight to the principal's office. Oh, oh not the principal's office. Parent. Crazy, Crazy girl. girl. Slut. Slut. Crazy girl. Crazy girl. worse, Mom and Pastor Tight Lips had planned on an exorcism that night to beat the devil out of me. Things were getting really scary. Tonight, our blessed flock have gathered to witness me, Pastor Tight Lips, exorcise Satan out of our little Tammy Lynn so she can grow up to be a decent Christian woman. that I didn't feel any different. Still loved Rich and mourned his disappearance. Nothing anyone could say could cheer me up. Honey, princess, baby, I brought you some presents. Nothing's too good for my angel. Now let's see a smile on your face. Thanks, Daddy. I'll try. Thelma, I think that exorcism may have done more harm than good. Why is my baby so sad? She's just being willful, Ralph. Now if you hadn't spoiled her... But they couldn't imagine how much I missed Rich. The, the exorcism didn't um, take. I was just pretending. Figured they wanted a show, so I'd give them a show. I still loved Rich and missed him so badly. Honey, would you see what's on the OPB? I can't believe that Ubu are playing the sentimental tribe. Oh, but honey, I was just getting into it. It is such a beautiful love story. I wish we could be more like Tamlin and Rich. But Tamlin and Rich broke up. He deserted her. What are you saying? This is a drag. If I wanted to listen to a soap opera, I would have turned on Days of Our Lives. But honey, Days of Our Lives doesn't have stuff about love 
affairs between humans and machines. This is interesting. And I was listening. So don't be a pig and turn the fucking show back on. All right, all right, honey. Goddamn woman lives anyway. Should have married one of those Asian girls. I had moved on with my life, rich or no rich. Now, normally in this type of story, they call them true confession stories. The bad boy either dies or runs off just before the girl loses her virginity. The girl reverts back to her true good girl nature, marries the good boy who has patiently waited for her during her transgression, and together they become moral guardians of the community. But in my case, none of that ever happened. The exorcism never worked. I am still chasing computer voices. In fact, I have a new boyfriend. You may have met him. We see each other every day. Southeast 39th. Transfer to line 75. Hi, sweetie. I love you, too. And that's the end of our very special program. We hope you enjoyed this tasteful and relevant production. Oh, man, that sucks so hard. What is this? Lifetime TV or something? What happened? A bunch of broads take over the Ubu R or what? Oh, honey, don't you think this was a brilliant satire of true confession stories, fundamentalist religion, and its effects on sexual minorities? Oh, shit. I told you you should have taken that postmodernist literature class. Now everything's got to have meaning and innuendo. Well, fuck that. I won my Ubu R with plenty of guts gore and sex. This one had sex, honey. Oh yeah? Gay sex? Masturbation and fantasy are gay? Fuck yes. If it doesn't involve one dick, it's gay. And I didn't see a single dick in that scene. <sighs> okay, honey. It's getting late. I'm going to bed. Okay. Night, sweetie. In Love with a Computer Voice was written and directed by Grace. Voices included Tootsweet, Rolf, Rabia, Terrace, Conch, Richard, Andrew, and the amazing AT&T text-to-voice players. Appearing in tonight's show was anyone named Mahatma. Alas, poor Mahatma. I knew him, Horatio. Or some might incorrectly say, I knew him well. You never said what happened to him. Happened to who? Mahatma. Who? Mahatma. Have you already forgotten him? Alas, poor Mahatma, I knew him well, but he's been borne away by a tiki funeral procession to a place far, far away. Cause he ate some bad dim sum. Alas, poor Mahatma.
This is KBOO 90.7 FM, and I would just like to apologize to all of the people for the last content programming. It was very offensive and racist, and we will work to not air any of that type of material in the near future or actually ever again. Um, once again, yes, I would just like to apologize um, from the station. Uh, for any anybody out there who might be offended, I know I took offense. I was actually in here um, working on a project. I heard the material being played, so I came in and told them to stop. Anyways, moving forward, um, please feel free to direct your comments or any sort of... Any sort of issues that you have, uh, back to the station, and we're moving forward with our programming. And up next is the Ubu Hour. Mm-hmm. Does it have an upper on it? It's yellow. I'm the yellow mic. Well. Pectagon, you're country in the best way, so we're going to Theater brings you Swine Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Produced and written by G. Violetta. And performed by E.G. Conch. Millstone. Rolf. Jeff Kippelman. Lola. And special guest star Devin Lacroix. It's June 2009. And we are in the studios of Faux News, the home of the great Swill O'Reilly. Announcing the imminent presence of his eminence, Sir Rupert Murdoch. Rupert is coming. Look sharp. He's coming. I gotta get the porn off my desktop. Isn't there supposed to be some kind of memo about this? Some advanced warning? We tried, but sometimes he goes all random on us and no one can predict him. We've tried. Lord knows we've tried. 
He probably has a bug up his ass about something. Ever since he began dating Hillary Clitoris, it's been pure hell around phone news, I'll tell ya. He's dating Hillary Clitoris? Phew, my skin is crawling. Be quiet, he's here. Announcing the current presence of his eminence, Sir Rupert Murdoch. Bring me O'Reilly. Uh, I'll go find him, Sir Rupert. Uh, sir. I'll go with him, sir, to ensure there is no conspiracy or other disloyalty towards Sir Rupert between O'Reilly and his writer. Shit! I'll go ahead. He's my boss, you know. Oh, how nice for you. And my boss is his boss, so step aside. God damn it, pussy fat Mr. O'Reilly. Open up. Sir Rupert Murdlock wishes to have a word with you. Is it you, you, Igor? Go tell your boss to take a flying fuck! O'Reilly, you know very well my name is not Igor. Now come along. Sir Rupert wishes to speak with... With me? All right, but only because I do on the set anyway. I'll give him a minute. Very good. Now come along. I can't believe that I, the great Swill O'Reilly, am taking orders from this demented troll. What horror does Murdlock have up his sleeve now? Now that he's boffing Hillary Clitoris, he has become quite insane. Enough! The very thought! Ah, there he is. Sir Rupert, sir! Sir, how lovely to see you! And what brings you to our little piece of paradise? The faux news paradise, of course. Oh, Riled, you really bollocks things up this time. Whatever you do, you mean, sir? Sir Rupert, sir? You know very well what I mean, you pissant. I mean your continued harassment of Dr. Tiller. The liberals are calling for your hide, O'Reilly. I am shocked, Sir Rupert. I thought you would be thrilled at this incredibly lucky coincidence. I called him a baby killer and some hillbilly took it seriously. There is absolutely no connection there. And the best part is my elevation of the conservative movement. I'm a hero because I spoke the truth and called that guy a baby killer. Our ratings have gone through the ceiling. I am the darling of the far right this week. You have gone too far, O'Reilly. You may have pushed that imbecile to perform that horrendous act. There will be no more referencing the doctor as the baby killer. In fact, I am taking you off that story altogether. From now on, you are forbidden to even mention that man's name. But that was censorship, Sir Rupert. This isn't how we do things at Faux News. We're a democracy here. There is no democracy at Faux News, you nincompoop. Now get back to work. And remember what I told you. I'm in huge trouble with Hillary over this hogwash. I'd better do what he says, even if he is 100% pussy whipped by Hillary Clitoris. All right, Sir Rupert, sir. I'll lay off. All righty, then. All is good. Tally-ho, then. God, I hate that fake brick crap. Thank Christ he's gone. Okay, everybody, back to work. Several hours later, Swill looked at the clock. I'm almost finished, and Anne will be here soon. Oh, there she is now. Anne, Anne, I'm over here. Hello, Swill. Sorry I'm late. Some truck with a backside as wide as Megan McClown's ass was blocking the street. It's fine, Anne, but there has been a small change in plans. The swine flu scare is dying down, and we need to put it back into the attention of the public. But I thought we were going to talk about the dead abortion doctor. We were going to have a party, remember? I certainly do, Anne, but parties can wait because now we must revive hysteria about Mexicans. And what better way to do it than tie in the swine flu and the soda mayor nomination to the Supreme Court? I get it, Swill. The swine flu was an incredibly efficient way to breed fear and anxiety about Hispanics, especially Mexicans. And now that that racist bitch, Sotomayor, 
Sotomayor, whatever, was nominated by that white-hating Obama-rama. Although, what kind of Mexican name is Sotomayor? Not that it matters, but she is Puerto Rican, not Mexican, Anne. And it's Sotomayor. Who cares? She's a spick. And I can't believe Obama-rama would waste a perfectly good Supreme Court seat for that pushy spick broad. And not to mention fat. She must be at least a size eight. She should be lucky she hasn't been deported. Can't they deport Puerto Ricans? And what on earth is wrong with cleaning houses? I tell you, Anne, the world is going to a hell in a handbasket because of people no longer know their what? place. Tell me about it. My maid Maria was beginning to get all uppity on me until I threatened to deport her and her entire family. And after all I've done for them. That sounds like another show, Anne. We could do one on the ungrateful illegal alien servants we took in and nurtured and protected, and how they betrayed us and stopped groveling once they got legal status. Behind our backs, no less. We lost our legal leverage and they took advantage. Had I known that they were working on being legal, I would have sent them back. Now, I have to pay taxes and pay them a living wage. I know what you mean, Anne, but now we have to focus. We have an incredible opportunity to whip up even more hatred. Ever since Dr. Tiller's murder, the liberal traitor crowd has been pointing their fingers and blaming me. Well, I may have said a few derogatory things against the man after all. He did perform abortions on live babies, but I never pulled the trigger, nor did I tell that nutcase to shoot him. You know how they are, Swill. Always blaming one of us. Look what they did to Flush Limburger. The poor man hasn't recovered yet. Don't worry about Flush, Anne. He's fine and I'll be fine. It makes for great ratings. But now, I have to cool it for a little while. Out of respect for the family. You know me and family values. Besides, look at it this way, Anne. I have the anti-abortion crowd wrapped around my finger. We'll grab the anti-immigration folks and that's a huge portion of our market. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. I have the right to lifers and the anti-immigrants on my side. What next, white supremacists? That would be so cool. I'll be rich. I may even surpass Oprah. <laughs> but why the swine flu swill when there are ever so many more outrages to expose? What about the way Obama-rama defended Muslims and called them victims? Victims of colonialism? Oh my God, we have a president who actually uses that horrid word. What have we come to? Anne, Anne, there is plenty of work for all of us. You handle Obama-rama's Muslim-loving and all work on the swine flu. It's all good, Anne. We're golden between us. We'll whip the anxiety and fear back up, and the Republicans will be in power soon. I just know it. Thanks, Will. I needed that encouragement. You are a true friend. Always looking on the bright side. You're right, Will. We are the best fear mongers around. After all, there is more than enough fear for all of us to exploit. You betcha. Now let's get to work. Fear is a gold mine, and let's grab it while we can. <laughs> the number one show that dominates cable Tonight news on Faux News, is racism a thing of the past? Tonight, Ann Coltergeist and myself, Swill O'Reilly, on the Faux News, will discuss. The number one show that dominates cable news, The O'Reilly. Tonight on award-winning faux news, Ann Coltergeist and I, Swill O'Reilly, will discuss the death of racial prejudice in the United States of America. But first, a swine flu moment. Now with a regular feature on faux news featuring Fawn Maggoty.
swine flu epidemic. An epidemic, Fawn. Last I heard, World Health Organization called it a panic-demic. Oh, a pandemic. Epidemic, pandemic, whatever. Personally, I think that it is God's punishment to us for allowing Mexicans across the border and for destroying the sacred institution of marriage between a man and a woman by allowing homosexual marriage in New England. And where are you now, Fawn? Do I hear pigs? I am at a local pig farm where there are thousands of pigs and Mexicans. So you're suggesting that your suspicions are confirmed that Mexicans and pigs are intentionally spreading this deadly disease. Fawn, as you are aware, lying, stinking liberals, including immigrant rights activists, are trying to blame large food corporations like the Spam Corporation for this mess. Well, of course they say things like that, when we know for sure that the pigs and the Mexicans have joined forces. The Mexicans are helping the pigs escape so that they can swarm the borders, infect real Americans, and take our jobs after this raging epidemic wipes out millions of decent, hard-working real Americans. Um, the Fawn, we will be staying in touch. Hang in there, old buddy, and wear that face mask. And stay away from bacon. It'll kill you. That's Fawn Maggoty, folks. But now, as promised, Ann Coltergeist will now discuss the death of racism. Swell. Frankly, I do not understand what there is to discuss. Slavery ended 140 years ago. It's time to get over it. I couldn't agree with you more, Anne. And it isn't as if they have something to get over. Personally, I think those slaves had it great. And all provided by private business, not by the bloated commie federal government. And slaves were happy. Look at the spirituals they sang. Would oppressed people sing hymns praising Jesus? I doubt it very much. Thank you. And as an economic model, slavery can't be beat. Is it our fault that some people were the losers? And now, we're supposed to blame slavery for poverty, drug use, and bad behavior? Please! Whatever happened to personal responsibility? Besides, it's all over. They have a black president now, so let's not worry about slavery. It's over. Racism is over. Ha 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 ha! That'll show those whiny do-gooders. And now we can say whatever we want, because we're all equal. Oh wait, it looks like Fawn Maggoty is back with an update on swine flu, or H1N1 as those pinko faggots at the World Health Organization like to call it, because calling it swine flu is cruel to the poor piggies. Fawn, what's happening? Swell, and we have a situation here. The Mexicans and pigs are revolting. I knew it. And where are those assholes from the World Health Organization now, huh? Fawn, Fawn, what is happening now? The big... The pigs are stampeding, and the Mexicans are helping them. They're... Oh, God! They're coming towards me. They're... Folks, we, folks, let's have a moment of silence for Fawn Maggoty, faux news reporter extraordinaire martyred by world terrorist movement. We will miss him. And a fine martyr to the swine flu epidemic, I mean conspiracy. I said right here on this show, shut the borders, lock it down. But did they listen? That fascist Obamarama certainly did not. 
In fact, when I called the White House, they laughed me off the phone. Me, the great Swill O'Reilly. That's the part that really pisses me off. It's the lack of respect. I miss the good old days when we could call the White House on our own special phone line, and President W. Tush answered it himself. Now those fascists don't return a single message. There is no more media balance. And they refuse to grovel. I don't like black people who don't know their proper place. And believe me, I'm not prejudiced. I loved our maid when I was a boy. Nanny, we called her. Is it too much to ask for a little obsequience? A little bowing and scraping would be nice, too. But that seems too much to ask during these dark days. But these Obama-rama people act as if they are even better than we are. It's the attitude that bothers me. I mean, it's nice that Obama-rama went to Harvard, and even more evidence that there is no racism in this country. But things take time, and we are not ready for uppityness. I called for an interview with Michelle, and her girl laughed at me. Me! The great Ann Coltergeist! And she called me by my first name. I don't think that has ever happened. Then she told me to go eat a sandwich. Disgusting. I hope you told her who you are, Ann. Oh, I did. And she laughed again. That never happened to me before. I miss the cowering, the, the docility. I knew this was going to happen. Must we sacrifice civility for equality? Not that we were ever unequal in the first place. All that nonsense about slavery, balderdash. Slavery has been demonized by the liberal media. Fawn, we thought you were killed. Fawn, are you okay? I'm okay. I just went limp. But I have to tell you, this is a serious situation. I urge all of our listeners to boycott Mexican restaurants. Unless it's Taco Bell or Taco Time, of course. Everyone's lives are at stake. It's those Mexican pigs. They must have gotten mixed up with the regular pigs at the armor factory. It's a plot. And the Mexican government and the Obama administration are behind it, I'm sure. Soon the borders will swarm with desperate Mexican workers and pigs coming to take your job after it make you fatally ill with a swine flu. The tragic part, Swill and Anne, is that now there will be investigations into the conditions of the factory. It's horrible. We can't even make a profit anymore with these... We'll get back to Fawn with another update in a few minutes. Glad you're still with us, Fawn. We should be sending in troops, and of course, if a Republican were in office, you can be assured that this attack on Fawn Maggotty of faux news would be dealt with sternly. But now, we must deal with that fascist peacenik in the White House. Fawn, we'll avenge this horrible near-stampeding you endured. I'll contact my pals in the CIA. We'll find someone who will listen to us. The American people won't stand for this atrocity against a journalist of your stature. It's against the First Amendment. Okay, Swill, whatever you can do. I don't want my injuries to be in vain. Injuries? Fawny, what did those monsters do to you? They... they breathed on me! Fun. I'm going to call Obama-rama directly and demand that he invade Mexico. But you're going to be okay, right, Fawn? If so, adios, amigo. We do need to get back to the show, and this segment is over, and you know the advertisers. <laughs> Please. I, I, I can't stand here. 
Good night, Fawn. Now, where were we? Oh, yes, racism in America. We'll probably never completely settle the issue of whether racism is dead in the United States, but at least now you know. Anne's and my stands on the issue. Until tomorrow, this is Swill O'Reilly. And I'm Ann Coulter, guys. The number one show that dominates cable news, The O'Reilly. Well, another show in the hopper. I sure hope Vaughn will be okay. Shall we go for a drink, Ann? Sure thing, Swill. Did you hear something, Ann? What is that rumbling sound and that squealing? Oh my god! It's the pigs! reached the final section of the night. And now it's the end of the show. There's nothing left to say or do. We are almost out of time. Midnight approaches rapidly. Our hour is up. So let us tell you what you have been listening to. This show is called Ubu Hour. Our hour is up. Our month is up. Sometimes it's called the Ubu Hour or Ubu Radio Theater Hour, but the time is up. And we will be gone. Ubu will be gone until next month. But not completely gone. You can listen again. You can podcast Ubu Hour at kboo.fm. And then our voices can return. We will repeat everything that happened in this last hour. And then we will not be gone. Ubu will rise again. Gone. He was gone. Sometimes it happens, once every month, for one hour, these radio airwaves get taken over by Ubu. And now we are here, but soon we will be gone. Where did he go? He's gone. Joe Woods is waiting to start the next show. The clock approaches closer to midnight. No one will say what happened to him, where he's gone. The Ubu Hour is waiting for you, on the web, whenever you desire, tonight, or a show from long ago. Over 15 years of radio theater. Over 15 years ago this show began, a long time ago. Where did he go? You never told us. We will go in a few minutes, but Ubu is forever. We have enough time for credits. Opening trilogue performed by... Howard. Randy Saucepan. Martin. Closing trilogue performed by... Larry. Demi. No. Oh. And he's not here anymore. You never said what happened to him. Happened to who? Mahatma. Who? Mahatma. 
Have you already forgotten him? Alas, poor Mahatma, I knew him well. But he's been borne away by a tiki funeral procession to a place far, far away. Cause he ate some bad dim sum. Alas, Alas, poor poor Mahatma. Mahatma. And in a faraway place, you will find yourself in a few minutes. As the tiki funeral procession walks away into the night, gone into the darkness. Up next, a faraway place, the Joe Forest, or is that Joe Woods, as the midnight hour begins to strike. And this show, the Ubu Hour, bids you a fare thee well. Tune in next week for a revived subhuman intellect theater. Wait a second, I thought that show had the last show last month. What the hell is that about? I half fooled you. K-Boo Community Radio is a proud co-sponsor of Outside the Frames film screening of Leaving Home on Monday, November 13th at 6 p.m. at Portland Center Stage at the Armory in Portland. Outside the Frame will be hosting a special gala screening of new films by and with youth experiencing homelessness in Portland. The evening will also feature a Q&A with the filmmakers and a Lifetime Achievement Award will be presented to Tia Plimpton to recognize her decades of work and mentorship with homeless youth. Again, that's Outside the Frame's film screening of Leaving Home on Monday, November 13th at 6 p.m. at Portland Center Stage at the Armory, 128 Northwest 11th Avenue in Portland. More information can be found at kboo.fm on the right side of the homepage under Community Events. KBOO Portland. Midnight procession uh, leads us to the studio and into that big chair over there so we can be here now. At far away.